Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. start this podcast with a little bit of spring validation stories and videos you know i'm in <laughs> I, I should say i saw basically i saw a two-run home run from mikey stremsky and i said there it is there it is top 100 talent right there he's coming and i and spring stats are gonna validate me right here do you have anything that you any clips that you've seen that just help to validate one of the picks that you've made one of those dances that you've taken. First, I want to say that that Yastrzemski just crushes that home run. I mean, that is a, a major validation point. Yeah, he, he looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. My validation point's a little bit more obscure. Uh, so I, I'm giving you a video of Matt Reynolds hitting a double. But what I'm excited about and not so excited about is, the, is who's picking the ball up in right field. Because I... Uh, I selected Dalton Varsho as a bizarre, like, possible catcher-eligible option to get some stolen bases. And hope that he was going to be in the outfield. Major concerns about whether he's actually going to play. So any video where I'm like, there he is, he's in the outfield, he's fielding the ball, it wasn't obviously a mistake, makes me feel good. So that was me. I was like, we're set. (laughs) Spring validation, big time. Dalton Varsho, no arm, cannot make the throw out of the outfield pretty depressing but he's fast so you know he he tracked that ball down he tracked that ball down real quick felt good about that <laughs> he barely hits the cutoff guy <laughs> but that is i mean that's great i mean they the two positions that are the hardest to really roster are closer and catcher and yep. if they are actually playing at a different position if they're eligible at a different position is so helpful <laughs> yes Yes, that's that's exactly right. But the main the main concern, I mean, Dalton Varsho is a unique talent because he actually will, he's fast, he actually will steal bases, which is crazy from the catcher position. Yeah, always. But he's got to actually play. <laughs> like, there's a, I mean, I would say at the time that I drafted him, which is now a week ago, I would say I was, feeling right. like, I was feeling like 60-40 that he actually starts the season in the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I uh, yeah. There are a couple. So of catching play- a highlight over the weekend where he's fielding the ball is just like okay, all right. This is the highlight I needed. All right, let's talk Baron and Luthien here. Are you done with it? Yeah, I did. I told. Right. I told you. I did go through the the appendices. Other than the there was like a thanks page kind of thing where I was like, I'm not. I don't care. No, I, no. You can you can skip that. I am. Um, I actually liked the appendix because I just think. Gorlim unhappy is just one of the <laughs> like one of the best names that you could come up with. And Thu, aka Sauron, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is it is true that when you read the Lay of Lithian, it's not clear that Thu is like 
so bad. You know, like, Thu comes out, Huan takes care of him. Like, Thu sends some werewolves. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Like, okay, this is kind of a drag. Any guy who hangs out with vampires and werewolves, probably not a good guy. But, well, he is through the necromancer. But it's like, you know, it, I, I feel like I didn't actually get the sense that he was a real bad dude from it. And then, like, in this, in this early phase, like, I understand, that, I understand that he's a bad dude. But actually, that was kind of my complaint about Morgoth, too, over the, whole, the course of the whole book, is like, we're just told that they're bad dudes. It's not really clear why they're bad dudes to me. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I know what you, where you're coming from, because in many ways, the Noldor, some of the the children of Feyners, come off as the worst people in the book. Um, I was, I mean, I am very happy to have read this to the point where I just wanted to like, as like right after I finished it, I was like, I'm gonna go get Ch- Fall of Gondolin. I'm gonna go get the Children of Fyrd. <laughs> I'm gonna reread yeah. the whole Silmarillion. I fired up the Silmarillion on the... I read the Baron of Luthien chapter. I have the Silmarillion on Kindle. And I... This is how I, I'm really feeling what... Picking up what you're putting down here. Because I started reading it again on the Kindle. And I was like, this is why I didn't reread the Silmarillion on the Kindle. <laughs> yep. Just not good. And you can't. You can't do the Silmarillion on the Kindle. All right. Today, a couple players. We're each going to... We're each going to throw out a couple players mid-rounds here, mid to later rounds, I guess. I'm shading a little bit later than you are, I think. But interesting guys that we're looking at for some reason. And we're going to each yeah. lay out our reason and defend the guys. Well, mid to later rounds. Yeah, you're, you're, you gave me the problem. Let's talk about really late round guys. And I'm like, you know, we never talk about the mid-round guys right now. And that's where you can really make hay in a fantasy draft. Well, you, you make hay at every level, but I agree with you that these the guys that we've highlighted here, looking at the list, Different sort of guys. Okay. Okay. Well, we're at the very, you know, Francisco Lindor versus Trevor Story. You're not going to, you're not necessarily going to like win your draft on that decision. Only, only in the luck sense. Yeah. I mean, if you go, yeah, if you go from being the number one player to the number eight player, it's, it's, it's very, very little different. But if you pick up a guy who's going pick 80 and he ends up, returning you top 20 value that's huge yeah and i i went a little bit deeper to the like guys that are at the 150 range what if they jump into the top 75 or something yeah you know what if they what if they double their value okay do you want to go through yours first or mine first well why don't you name your your three guys and i'll name my three guys and then we'll then we'll talk about why we picked them okay here's my three that i'm looking at alec bohm Mm -hmm. leo de taveras and -hmm. miguel sano Wow, you were gonna make it snow on this uh, on this <laughs> segment. All right. Well, uh, I'm also guilty. I'm similarly guilty though of my fantasy players, not of my uh, talking about my one of my fantasy players over talking about one of my player players. All right, JD Martinez, Jordan Alvarez, and Jorge Soler. Oh, I got a glare. I got this a glare. Is a, this from is an interesting. Mike. This is an interesting list. I. I love Solaire, but I can never, I can never get him at the point that he's going. I think you, you can also never pick him on the year where he's going to be any good. Well, I can't. You've had, that is factually true. You, the, Mike's problem has been like he takes him, he's terrible. Mike's like, I will never take this guy again. And then the next year, he's great. Mike's like, why did I let him go? And then the next year, he takes him. And it's like, why did I take him? <laughs> Bingo. 
So what my guys have in common is that I uh, I like their spots in the lineups from and last year's. From uh, no, I like their well, I like their spots in the lineup from last year, and I like where they're looking to slot this year. Projected to go this year. Projected okay. to go this year. Projected so I, to be in the lineup, right? Projected to be in the lineup. So I'm going all in on my theory of like, we're going to maximize plate appearances. Like, this is what we want to do. Like, guys, wait. The further up the lineup they are, the more value they're going to have. So I built a tool that we've been talking about for a while, or just built the skeleton of a tool, which was to just scanned through all the games last year and tabulate the lineups so that we could ask the question of like where are these guys batting in the order and i built for each team i built like sort of a prototypical lineup like what their typical what their sort of median lineup looked like on a daily basis and then for each player i looked at well where what does their individual distribution look like and i identified these three guys as guys that are going in those those mid rounds 100 to 150 in the draft and I like something about where they're going to bat this year. So Alec Baum, great spot in the Philadelphia order. And that, I think, is going to change, is a big change from last year where he was lower in the Philadelphia order. I think he's moving on up. I, if you look at my fantasy uh, TGFBI team, you, you'd see that I agree with you. I, I knew that you would agree with me. I mean, there's a, but there's a, his value, there's such a massive difference from him hitting seven to seven and eight to him hitting second or third. Like, that's that's a huge value shift. It, it is. And he was valuable last year at that at those spots. So, that I mean, that is really huge. What do we think he's going to end up? At the end of the year, what do you think he's going to end up? Where do you think is going to be his most commonly um, common roster uh, lineup spot? Oh, I, I think his most, I think he's going to split between second and third in in that lineup. He would I, think, be, I would be so happy if he was second. I I think there's a good chance he could go second because I was looking into this because I was you know Gene Segura is getting drafted sort of in that same range ish, but the, I think they're going to flip lineup spots. <laughs> like Segura was batting toward closer to the top, but I think he's going to shift down. Yeah, well, I mean Gene Segura, I would I would guess is going to be like how many games is he? Yeah, how many at bats is he really going to have? Well, Gene Segura, we've, exactly. we've gone through this before. Yep. Yep. No, and so I think that I actually was excited. The converse is true here as well, where I was like, ooh, Gene Segura, should I pick him? And then I was like, where's he at in the lineup? What's going to happen? Like, ooh, he's moving down, down, down. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, that's like, I mean, I really think that, I really think that hitting on something here with the lineup shifts, like if you're valuing Alec Bohm based on how he performed last year, and I'm telling you that he's going to have a better lineup spot, like, he should. He's going to be more valuable than his ADP. Essentially, he. I think that he very well could. I. He could also be back in the minors. <laughs> he could. He he could. I mean, there there is that possibility, and actually, that possibility is more realistic. I think for Leody Tavares, who I'm taking okay. more of a more of a stretch on. So he's always batting seventh and eighth in Texas last year, but I I think there's a good case for him to be made for batting leadoff, batting second. I mean, I think he, I think he legitimately could get a lot of looks at leadoff, considering that I have no clue what Texas is doing, and I just think that if you're val- again, similarly, you value him for the stats that he got in 2020, and if he's batting leadoff, that's mm-hmm. a good one. I feel like I've heard a little bit of buzz about Tavares. 
What is what? it that he's supposed to bring to the table? Is he supposed to bring steals? He's supposed it's to like bring Willie back in the day. Well, you know what's funny? So, I, quick, uh, I, I was trying to pull this up. Um, ADP for Tavares is two thirty four. You want to guess what the uh, the consensus ranking is for him? Uh, I I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you if it's higher or lower. Well, you'd be wrong if you said higher or lower. It's two thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> See, so he he's really a guy where I'm like, where I was looking at it, like looking for someone late round, but has a potential to produce a lot of value and is a young guy. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting, again, yeah, again, you don't know if he's going to be able to stay up, just like Bobby Witt, who just is, just got stuck, uh, stuck back down. I just, just started like taking a look at him and then it's like, whoop, don't have to worry about him. Good. <laughs> All right, my last guy is more incremental here. Miguel Sano. And I like Sano because I think he's going to move up on average one lineup spot. I'm really advocating for like, just be watching these lineups for these surprises. And I think that Sano has a, there's a, like, okay, with Rosario gone, the top, like, Rosario was locking down the top of that lineup last year. I'm just saying there's way more flexibility at the top of that lineup, Mm -hmm. at the top of that batting order now than before and that Sano will be will be a steadfast part of that lineup somewhere and if he moves up from to four averaging four to five instead of averaging five to six I think that's a big change to his value okay so here's his ADP his ADP is 181 Mm -hmm. his consensus ranking is 164 there you go so and I think that's because most people in the public have said I've had him he screwed me. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Anyone who's in who's doing rankings is saying to themselves, if he hits, if he hits 240, he could be a top 100 player. And getting that at 164 is valuable. Yep. That's so that's where I'm coming at this from. I'm not I'm not telling you that any of these three that I just listed are sure things. I'm telling you these are worthy dice rolls at the point that you're going to get them at. Alex Baum by the way is the only one of these where the ADP 108 is higher than the consensus ranking of 114. I'm not. I'm not super surprised by that. People are. People are pretty high on. Hot him. on them. They are hot on Alec Baum. <laughs> All right. And give if, me. Give me your method. You've been teasing it here so far. <laughs> so I've been talking. Yeah, I've been talking about this. So I just. I gave you some pseudo code here. ABS absolute value of ADP minus consensus ranking over ADP where ADP is less than 150 and ADP is greater than 50. So, the, I mean, let's go back. Going through that pseudocode, ab- absolute value of the ADP minus consensus ranking over the ADP will give you um, J.D. Martinez, Jordan Alvarez, Nelson Cruz, and Jorge Soler. But I jumped Jorge Soler in here because if you were to look at it um you could very quickly get to Jorge Soler as being the most interesting one here when you're looking at the standard deviations away from the pick. Now, all right, so let's let's drop through here. JD Martinez. J- I, I I started I know, going man. through I started going through like more advanced multiple linear regressions, all these different and like what JD Martinez is sitting right there. I want to talk about. Do you want anything that you want to say about uh, J.D. Martinez before I 
I jump into why I'm interested in him. My only thing, my only thing, I I know that I undervalued JD Martinez for the same, like in the same way that I undervalued Carlos Mart- uh, Carlos Santana for years. It's just like he's gonna fall apart. It's not gonna happen. He's not gonna produce at that level, and then he does. So JD Martinez is uh, going pick ninety ADP, sixty seven in the consensus rankings. Jeez, it's a pretty big difference. I, why are people so cold on him? Because he had a terrible year last year. Yeah, but okay. Well, I'm on. I'm on the record of basically just discounting all 2020 things that don't already support my general hypotheses. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. 2019, he was good. <laughs> what was? Do you know what he uh, what he finished in rankings 2019? It's got to be top 60, no right? Mm-hmm. You tell me. I think it was top 30. I think, yeah, in, uh, 2019. way up there, right? Yeah, okay. Here, let me see if we can get into the... Let me see if CBS will tell me. So let's see, 2019, he... 2019, let's see if this, this looks terrible. 146 games, 98 runs, 36 home runs, 105 RBIs, two stolen bases, 304 batting average. That sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. Why would you ever want a player that could do that? And in a... 50 game 60 game season last year and 50 games last year he was awful true let's see if we can look at i just don't really care about uh, that. i can't go over here i just don't really care if he was awful last year jd martinez was number 23 in 2019 ah, see yeah you and if, if you really are getting him after pick 95 i mean come on <laughs> you have to do that yeah yeah that's exactly what where i'm thinking all right, so J.D. Martinez, someone to watch. I, but then you, the other side of this is he's 33 yeah. on Red Sox team that does not look like it's going to do much. Well, that's why I mean that I, like, in my head sometimes I slot him in with the Carlos Santana where I'm like, ah, not on a great team, and some year the production's going to slow. Will this, will this be the will year? Will this be the year, yeah. Okay. Um, so then Jordan Alvarez, I... I had, he's one of those players that I had forgotten was supposed to be like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, because there's so much hate on that team. <laughs> there's so much hate on that team that I had forgotten, like to actually like think about some of the individual players. Twenty three years old, six five, looks gigantic. Jeez, um, can knock the cover off the ball. Uh, I think last year was was last year supposed to be the year that he took a leap, and then we. Why Why would it even have been last year? I mean, he's twenty three. <laughs> oh no, because his twenty nineteen was stellar. He in well, eighty seven yeah. games. In eighty seven games, he he got fifty eight runs, twenty seven home runs, seventy eight RBIs, and batted three thirteen. The the guy at is it. Cabrera that he's been compared to. I mean, he's he's huge. Totally forgot about last year because he didn't play. So, I mean, the experts love him, and the public just has, knows that there's no track record from last year. I'm just not worried about that. I'm seeing I'm seeing that in TGFBI he went in a really small window. Oh yeah, what was the window? Sixty five to eighty. Well, see, and the sixty five to eighty, right? There's the the ADP is 81 versus 62 on the um, wow. consensus rankings. Wow. Well, yeah, so that, that kind of tracks because the ADP in, um, in TGFMI was 74. Yeah. 
So you can see, you can see the experts slanting a little bit more towards the consensus. Well, I think that it's gotten more and more, more and more Bush League people like us have joined a <laughs> joined TGFBI. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you What do you think? Do you think? Man, I'd mean, actually just ask you the in uh, what's how many bats is this guy going to get this year? Because I think compared to J.D. Martinez, who is a known entity, the question with Jordan Alvarez is how many bats is he going to get? How many plate appearances will he get? I'm kind of in on him getting a whole season, I think. Okay. Does a whole season mean that he's going to get over 450? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take... All right. Where is? Where do you start feeling a little bit gross about it? 500? Or I guess are we doing plate appearances or at-bats? Because that's going to slightly... Plate... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plate appearances, I... I'd be really happy if he got to 500, I think. Would you take the over on that? Do you think he I, will get? I would take I would take the over on 500. Let's set it there then. I'll take the under. Okay. You know that he, he got nine plate appearances last year and one of them was a home run in 2020? <laughs> Four RBIs, yeah. Hey, way to go, bud. One deep single. He, hit, he only connected with two balls. One deep single, one home run. <laughs> yeah. Love that. All right, so last one I got here for you, Jorge Soler. Uh, consensus ranking of 119, ADP of 145. And yeah. I can say that in both my TGFBI league and in the home league, he sat there for two more rounds than I would have expected. 152 in TGFBI. You could you could have gotten him all the way down to 162. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. For a guy that has upside for 40 home run upside. That's pretty remarkable. I, I mean, what do you think? It, it is the up down, right? It's the it's the up down that's that's burning him because he's. I mean, I'm looking at this 2019 stat line. That's an amazing stat line. It is good. But then I'm looking it at is. this 2018 stat line, and he only got in 61 games, in 35 games in 2017, right? Yeah, yeah. There's 162 games. It's probably the most outstanding piece of that stat line in 2019. Well, it's ridiculous. You know, he's he'd never played. He'd been in the MLB for five seasons before that. He cracked 100 games once. And then he plays every yeah. single game in 2019. For Kansas City, of course he did. Well. Can't, Who else were they going to play? Things that I've learned about Kansas City is that if, they, you know, if they're in on a player, they're playing them all the time. Like, I learned that in the Whit Merrifield well. lineup. <laughs> yeah. The Whit Merrifield lineup is like, no, Whit, Whit's starting this game. He, don't worry about it. He, he's in. <laughs> No, I'm I'm in on Solaire, especially if you're getting him in the 150, 160 range. If you get him at 150, for someone who has an upside, I mean, I said 40 home runs. I guess he has 50 home run upside. I would say so. I mean, if you, but I think if you can get 35 home runs, if you can get 32 home runs at, at pick 150, point, yeah, and and not like atrocious everything else. I mean, so a 265 a t- average is fine. Yeah, 228 average is not. That's less fine. Which one is he? Well, I do sort of have a little bit of an every other year theory for Solar, but... All right, 251 is his three-year average. Mm, this feels like a little Yule Simpson there. But two, 251, is he going to be over or under that average? I think over. Is... Uh, I mean, this is unfair. His home run total, um, his three-year average is 20. 
Yeah, he's not. It doesn't quite work. He's let's say be over that. Let's put it twenty nine. I think over. I think over twenty nine. Okay. I think over twenty nine too. <laughs> where do you, where do you start getting a little squeamish? Thirty three. I'd say yeah. I'd say thirty thirty three and a half. If you set it there, I would be like, oh, that's a tough one. Let's do a thirty-two and a half then. Okay, I take, take the over. over I'll take the over half. at thirty-two okay. and a half. I'll take the under. All right. So you've got. I'm taking that he's not going to be. I didn't end up picking him. I saw him for like two, three rounds and never picked him. And I'm wondering. And did you? This is another one of the MLB clips. Was his giant home run that he belted the other day? So who knows? Well, he obviously doesn't have a problem with power. No, it's connecting right now. All right, that about brings us to the review session. Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor, it's crazy that this is the fourth best shortstop. Yeah, absolutely. To draft. Absolutely. So, things about things about Lindor. Uh, before I even list his stats, is he going to be better on the Mets than he was on the Indians? Is this a favorable move for him? No. Okay, all right. So keep that in mind while I read these stats. I'm going to read you the 2020s because they're actually pretty good. 60 games, 266 plate appearances, like that. 30 runs, 27 RBIs, 8 home runs, only 6 stolen bases there and a 258 average. And I think we can consider that to be a pretty down year for him. 27? He feels like he's been around for a long time. And he's only 27, so he's right in the range for... A great bounce back for two, three years. Well, I mean, you look at his stat cast values, and there's a good reason to think that there's nice bounce back, right? I mean, he he is basically doing well in every category except for barreling the ball. Yeah, and his sprint speed is a is uh, I don't know, it's sixtieth percent percentile. It's fine, so not, I think. Not that great. I think I think it's fine. I mean, is he going to steal twenty bases this year? Probably not. I don't know. Probably not. I have that. Just, I, I feel like whenever a player moves teams, that, that like usually gets rid of his stolen base value. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, presumably the Mets want him to steal some bases. Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Who, know, who knows what the Mets want? But, I mean, so full disclosure, right? I ended up with him in TGFBI. And you did. I feel okay about that. At pick 20, no less. <laughs> Yeah, that's not too bad. So I, so I actually, I mean, I do feel okay about that, but he's really not the type of guy that I would normally pick. Right. I don't know what to say. I don't. I, I don't know what to say about him because he could be. I think he still has an opportunity to be twenty eighteen, um, Francisco Lindor, even on this team. But I kind of think that he's his thirty his thirty home run years are over. And I think that his 20 stolen base seasons are over. So if we're talking about, but if we're talking about 28, 18, 28 home runs, 18 stolen bases, that's still pretty valuable. If he's able to get you 700 plate appearances and 115 runs, which that Mets team could have a lot of runs at their right. number one, number so two hitter. I think, yeah, I, I've been, yeah, I've been harping on this, the home runs and stolen bases, but it really is the counting stats that are going to be his real value is like just getting those reps. Yeah. He's going to have, is he going to take a dive on the RBIs? Cause he's batting first behind a pitcher. I wondered that too. Um, I, I think so. I think he could be pretty asymmetric on runs versus RBIs. Do you think that he 
head to head is going to beat out Trevor Story? No, I don't. Trevor Story's Trevor Story is is legitimately, I think, a tier above Lindor. Like I think I do think Lindor starts another tier of of shortstops. But he could win any given category, Lindor against sure, Story, which but is interesting. One category right? of the five is not like doesn't put yeah, him in the top you, tier. <laughs> randomness could be three. Maybe. Maybe. Still cast. I don't I don't think there's any way he beats Story head to head. That just seems incredibly unlikely. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. This is a fourth <laughs> fourth shortstop. We're talking about him at range 16 to 20. Yeah, scoop him up, I guess, at that point in the draft. If you're still drafting. <laughs> still be drafting. Michael, who are we doing next week? Boba Shot. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!